This is Jason Lee, pastor of Casper Alliance Church. This is uh, from our Sunday morning gathering at Casper Alliance in Casper, Wyoming. We meet at 2000 Casper Street every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We are in the 15th week of working through the book of Ephesians. We're getting ready to wrap it up. We're in Ephesians 5, and next week will be 6. And then we'll move on to a new series. Hope you've enjoyed. Hope this has been a blessing. Thanks for listening, and thanks uh, for supporting us. Have a great week. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can check us out at casperchurch.com, or you can download our app. There's links on our website, or you can go to your app store on your smart device and search for Casper Alliance Church. Look for the double C's and download and connect with us there. Thanks. So let's, let's look at the scriptures. Ephesians 5. And for any of you who've, like, this is the first time you've seen me before, this is not my normal energy level. I just, I want you, I want you to know that. Not that that, this might be good. The rest of you who've seen me for, like, my kid and my wife who are in the room, like, I like this energy level. This, this is the version of Jason I appreciate. Uh, but, but it's not. And so I don't know. I'm not apologizing. I'm just saying that, like, this is a different version of the pastor for a minute. All right, here we go. Verse 15 of Ephesians 5. Pay, fair, pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. This kind of concludes um, a sequence that Paul's talking about walking. Uh, he's, he's been giving an essay on the Christian life. He spent the first three chapters of, of this letter to the church in Ephesus describing that you are, you have been purchased, you have been bought, God has uh, predestined you to be part of his family, you've been sealed by the Spirit, you belong together. And he's been, he wrestled a little bit with, there are Jews, there are, are Greeks in the same room, and we have one Father, one faith, one baptism, one Spirit, We're, there's a unity here. And and I think the response, like all of us, would be like, great, the we're supposed to have unity, but how do we do that? And so in chapter four, he starts talking about how to do that. And this is the end of how to do that. Walk, just pay attention how you walk. Walk in a worthy manner is what we talked about in Ephesians four. Walk, uh, walk as uh, imitators of God. And now he's saying, he's giving these uh, ways in which we need to walk in unity, holiness, love, uh, and now he says this last thing, to walk in wisdom. So first thing, walk carefully. What does it mean to walk carefully? And I, I'm telling you, we're going to fly through this. Um, so as I've gotten older, I've, I've developed a fear of heights. I don't know if it's like just, I, maybe we all do, like with mortality, we understand that like, hey, I'm, if I fall, that's going to hurt. If it hurts too much, it's going to cause pain. If there's too much pain and too many things that are broken, I will no longer be alive. And so you have this sort of like understanding. When you're a kid, you're just like, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm made of rubber. I will climb all these different things. Um, our oldest son, Caleb, he, when he was, I don't even know how old he was, but he's like, cribs? I don't care about cribs. I'm going to climb this crib and I'm going to jump out of it. 
and he did, and he broke his arm, and it, you know, we saw that cast somewhere around our house. Yeah, every kid does that, right? Breaks their arm. So, but you don't have this fear. You, like, I, I'm just going to jump out of stuff. I'm going to, bungee jumping is the, is the least fun thing that I think you could ever come up with. It just seems like a ridiculous, like, hey, we're so bored with our life. Let's figure out a way to, to not be bored with our life. So let's jump off a bridge tapped, attached to a bungee cord. Paul's saying, you know, you should be careful. <laughs> be careful. As I've gotten older, I've tried to become more careful. Be careful what you eat. Careful how you drive. Careful, <laughs> careful uh, the things that you consume, the things that you watch. Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little hands what you do. Be careful little ears what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Paul's saying, be careful. So how, do you, how are you careful? Well, I don't put myself in a position to bungee jump. I'm not going to randomly stumble across. Oh, man, how did I get here? The only way to cross this ravine is by jumping off with a bungee cord. No, I, <laughs> I, I don't put myself in that position. <laughs> you will not see me paragliding or uh, parasailing or even scuba diving. Like, I get stressed out. Like, I can float on top of water, but, like, you go underwater now, I'm like, I know my mortality. I'm going to, I will drown and die. And so, Paul, when he says, walk carefully, he's saying, pay attention. Just pay attention. Pay attention to your life. Pay attention to your relationships. Pay attention to your decision-making. Pay attention to your choices. Pay attention means to walk carefully. I know that it feels like you could be scrutinizing like every little action, but you, I promise, if you were to start to pay attention, you, it, it becomes some muscle memory. You're like, oh, I shouldn't do that anymore. Oh, oh, I shouldn't be in this location. Or, yeah, I probably shouldn't drive past this mile road in this particular part of town because bad things happen to good people there. They take your car and your hubcaps and your... I can say that because we used to live in a location that did that, Detroit. And so you have this, um, this, please be careful. If you're going to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, be careful. Pay attention. Pay attention to your life. Here's what's happened in the 21st century with um, social media and our, and our virtual connection and our interconnectivity. We pay attention to everybody else's life. And we don't pay attention to our own. And if we do pay attention to our own, it's usually like this. We've actually developed a muscle memory on how to pay attention to everybody else. That's not, a, that's not love. And that's not what Paul is saying on how to walk carefully. We pay attention to you. Pay attention to what's going on in your heart, your soul, your mind. Pay attention to the unwise choices that you make, the things that you say. And here, verse 16 says, making the most of the time because the days are evil. As the days get more and more evil, I think it's very easy to get distracted by all of the things that are evil and forget about me and pay attention to everyone else. So as he launches into this last little part, pay, pay careful attention Pay attention. Be careful. Okay, let's look at the next text. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Paul's saying walk in wisdom. Have an understanding. 
So you can, like, look at, the, look at the equation here. You can pay attention. You can look at something and observe it and go, okay, I understand that. And you can pay attention to your life. Now, you can understand that, so then it helps you to make wise choices. For example, I'm, I have a bug right now. Started last week with vertigo and dizziness, and now it's moved into my stomach and just kind of causing, like, just disruption, right? So I could, I could forego wise choices and have a burger with fries and bacon while I watched the Lions game last night, or I could understand that my body's not liking that and make a wise choice. I'm foolish. And I'm paying the price for it in like a significant way. And it's problematic for my soul right now because it hurts and I'm scared. I'm like, I told Mark earlier, there's like a 10% chance that I could run out of this room and just have bad things happen on the way. And you can use your imagination. But sure enough, cooking French fries, eating a burger, because I made an unwise choice. Instead of understanding that my body's saying, don't do that. Now, we all have those in our life. You have that sort of, sort of landscape in front of you all the time. To where as you grow in wisdom and knowledge, as you grow in understanding, you begin to be able to make decisions and, or uh, shape your life around wisdom so that you have the best possible outcomes. Right time, right choices for the right, I mean, it creates right results. And this is what Paul's saying. Don't be foolish. Understand. Understand what the Lord's will is. And you can chase down some scriptures to say, what's the Lord's will? The Lord's will is for you to have gratitude. The Lord's will is for you to worship. The Lord's will is for you to know him. The Lord's will is for you to, to be thankful. The Lord's will is for you to be sanctified, to be set apart, to be holy. The Lord's will is all of these things. So as a, as a result of knowing and understanding those things, we, are you willing to make and, and make some good choices? Because recognize that every time you make a poor choice, you're revealing your wisdom or lack thereof. And we can see that every day, every day of our life. If you're hurried, if you're rushed, if you're, if you, uh, um, I just lost my words. Wisdom reveals itself regularly because our decision-making happens every single moment of our life. You don't get out of this. It doesn't matter if you're a two-year-old or an 82-year-old. You have to make decisions every single day. So you don't, get, you don't get freedom from that. You're responsible for what you do. This is what Paul's saying. Don't be foolish. Understand what the Lord's will is. Now, here's where he gets kind of, so he's saying walk in wisdom. So walk carefully, walk in wisdom. Um, there's tons of, if you want to just go through the Proverbs, there's hundreds of verses on being wise. But wisdom is more than just knowledge. It's even more than Bible knowledge. It's actually knowing God. So to know the will of God, right? That's what Paul says. It's knowing God, maturing in your relationship with the Lord, and, and having proximity with him daily. That actually develops godly character in your life. How, are you, how do you become like something? You be, you're close to it. You emulate it. You imitate it, which we talked about earlier in ch beginning of chapter 5. It's not, this isn't just about knowing something. You can have all the facts in the world and be dumb as a box of rocks. There's plenty of you that have all kinds of, of information. 
but are going to battle that, lighting that lighter, right? I remember the first time they put those like child safety things on it. If somebody was videotaping me when that happened, I bet it was like 15, 18 minutes of me trying to figure out how to light a lighter. I'm like, why would you do something this ridiculous? Some kid, some state burned the house down because they're playing with a lighter. It is knowing God, maturing in your relationship with him, walking closely with him so that he is able to develop character in your life, so that you're able to live thoughtfully in relationship with him, making good choices. Okay, but also not only is it wisdom, it's walking in understanding. So not only can you know the right and wrong and know all this, you can understand the results that it creates in your life. That's such an important part of making a good choice. If you can see the results, this is why like forming habits take like 90 days to do. Once you have 90 days of like of real consistent growth in area, you I can see the results. I can understand when I make this choice, these things happen. I promise the same thing is spiritual. You make a daily decision to walk with the Lord. After 30, 40, 50 days, you will see the results and you will understand why walking in wisdom and paying attention is so vital to your life. Now, the, the part of the text that most pastors kind of dive into is this, verse 18. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, living but be filled with the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Controversial. Maybe. I don't think it is. So here's the deal. Through all of this book, Paul has been saying things like, you're sealed by the ministry of the Spirit. That's uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. And it marks your identification. You've been, you've been sealed. You've been the rubber stamp, right? And there's an, the indwelling ministry that, that we have that Paul has talked about, that when the Spirit is on the church, we have one Spirit. We have a unity together. But what happens is this verse gets used and we say, no, you need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to be controlled by the Spirit. And we start to manipulate it and make it, make it um, mean more than I think what, it, what it's actually saying. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? So at Casper Alliance Church, we have a core value of we expect more. Do you expect more in your life spiritually? That's a real question. You don't have to answer it, but that's, that's, do you expect God to do more in your life? Do you long for a deeper spiritual life? To experience spiritual power that will, that will give you victory over sin or victory over habit or a closeness to the Lord or a quiet peace or a confidence or a joy in the Lord? See, what happens if you, if you go all the way back up, when you start to pay attention to everybody else's life, it very be quickly becomes joyless life. Because now you start to say, oh, here's what I don't have. Here's what, I, here's what I'm not doing. Here's the career I don't have. Here's the money I don't have. Here's the relationships I don't have. Here's the, all of the things that I don't have because I'm so consumed with what everybody else is doing. I'm not walking carefully and paying attention to my life. And, and Paul's saying, don't be drunk, don't be controlled by the things of the world, but be filled, filled with the Spirit. Be controlled by the Spirit of God, which is a longing, a longing for you and me to have a deeper spiritual life. It's not only should be the desire that we should have, but this is what God desires. John 3.30 says, less of me, more of him. 
that I need to be less and less of me in order to experience more and more of God. Anybody wrestled with that a little bit? That you're, you know, you're the problem? <laughs> you're not the solution? Jesus is the solution? Look at the trouble in your life. Most of it probably is your fault. <laughs> None of it's mine. That's how we, li we live that way. We live in a way where it's really easy to point out all of the things that we don't like in other people's lives and the things that are causing stress in my own life. So when it says walk in the spirit, I, this is the best I, I'm trying to describe this as simple as I can. It's a command to the believer to submit himself, submit himself, herself to the illuminating, turn the lights on, the convicting, change me, the empowering work of the Holy Spirit. So as he works in your heart, this is what it, and changes you, transforms you. This is what it, this is what it means to be filled with the spirit. I don't want to go even broader than that. I don't want to go bigger than that because I think that's enough. And when we start to define what the transformation is, is when we become the person that's rewriting scripture. We can't define the transformation other than, I, there's one thing, I'm sorry. You're not supposed to be sinful. <laughs> but when I tell you transformation looks like this, and it, I know that's vague, but it, it, it's filled with things that I think I should see in your life. Is that really indwelling of the spirit? The spirit of God is to transform you and you're supposed to be controlled by it. Now, here's, here's what I think is interesting. We, a lot of times we preach that verse and we say, be filled with the spirit. Here are some results of being filled with the spirit. Verse 19. Speak to one, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your hearts to the Lord. Giving thanks always for everything to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. See, when we are walking in the spirit, when, we, when we're paying attention, when we're walking in wisdom, when we're walking in understanding, and ultimately walking in the spirit, these are the things that happen. Worship happens. Relationships happen. Thanksgiving happens. Submission to one another happens. Authority of God in your life happens. Those are the things that are to happen when you're walking in the spirit. When you're paying attention. When you have understanding and wisdom about your life. These are, this is the way it's supposed to look. Paul is giving an, a, a uh, an example of what the church will look like when we are walking in the Lord in the spirit of Christ and he's filling us and we, we function that way. It's worship, it's submission, it's thankful hearts. It's this, this unity that comes. I'll give you, here we go. Let's make a Christmas connection. Turn with me to Luke. And I'm gonna wrap this up just because, and I'm gonna go back and listen to this in two weeks and be like, I was out of my mind. I know I'm speaking pretty vague and plain, and it is what it is. It's the way it is today. Here's what I think. So I was thinking about this, and I wasn't just trying to purposely make a Christmas connection. Although maybe I was in the back of my mind, but Luke chapter one. I think Mary did this. I think this is how Mary lived. So Mary paid attention. 
She walked in wisdom and understanding. She definitely was filled with the Spirit. And you can see the results. Let's, let's look at it. I'm going to try to read it. Um, actually, does anybody want to come read it? Mark, will you come read this? Just because I'm, I'm struggling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the baton to our head elder for a second. I want you to read it. So Mark, Mark's going to read Luke 1.26 through uh, the, the Magnificant, verse 56. You can use that mic over there. Uh, do you okay. care if I just sit here while you do it? Can I, you got that. Okay. Thanks. Is that, is that good? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Okay, stop right there for a second. This, you're going to get a glimpse of our Sunday school class. <laughs> okay, so, so look, at the, look at the process here. He gives Mary's title, who she was. She was a virgin. She's uh, betrothed, engaged to a man, gave her status, right? And then an angel comes and greeted her and said, you're, in f- you, you're favored. You're favored amongst God's people. You've been paying attention to your life, Mary. You've been pay- and we are watching you pay attention to your life. <laughs> Greet- greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled. She was concerned because she didn't understand. So she's like, give me some understanding and some wisdom here so I can make the right choice. Help me understand this. And so it's, she's asking the question to like give some insight so that I can continue to process the right way. And then, and then the angel says, and then you will, the Spirit of God, or actually, uh, read 35, read 35. Did you read 35 already? I haven't yet. All right, read 35, sorry. The angel replied to her, well, I'll read 34. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore... The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. She is, she, even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who is called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. All right, we're going to go into the next text here in a second. But this is what Mary, Mary lived this life. She, she was careful. She paid attention. She was wise and she asked the question. She was seeking understanding. And she was sensitive to the spirit of God. And, and as we go through this next little section, you're going to see it repeats itself. And then you get to the, the, the worship section. Go ahead, read the next part, Mark. In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside me. 
Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. So it's another cycle of this, of this, like, I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to go, I'm going to set out. I'm going to go visit my cousin and we're going to, we're going to have this interaction together. And the spirit of God shows up again and it fulfills these promises. And there's these reactions and understanding and wisdom. And there's this, there's this thing that's like just stirring these two women up and the response, like what Paul says, songs, spiritual songs, thanksgiving, worship. Listen to how Mary responds to all of it. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. Because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his servant, surely from now on all generations will call me blessed because the mighty one has done great things for me and his name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. And Mary stayed with her about three months, then she returned to her home. Thank you. Appreciate that. Mary is an excellent example of when Paul is saying, walk in a manner worthy of the calling this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. It's like, uh, it's on the pages for us to say, this is what I can do these things. When something happens to me, do I, do I ask the question? Am I living in a life that's favorable to the Lord? Am I living a life that's favorable to the Lord? Am I, when, when, when inputs come, am I seeking wisdom and understanding? And as I sense the spirit of God in my life, am I responding with worship and thankfulness and gratitude Mary's a great example of how to live the life that Paul is trying to teach the church to live out. 